Hey, Dennis McKay. Hey, Gary Rayburn. Man, are we going to have our great program today? Oh, it's going to be awesome, dude. So uh, we're going to get in the cab with these drivers and take off down the road. So hit that starter, Dennis. Let's do it. Here we go. <laughs> All right. up I'm driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels Lord that's a lonely sound I spend all day chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever till the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two crumb stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue mag Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have that white line fever to the day I just love this radio program that we're doing, getting to ride along with these drivers in the cab. In the cab, yeah. just like that song we just heard, The Road is My Life. If you would like to get a hold of us, my phone number is 618-383-2107, or you can call my partner, Dennis McKay. Area code 662-889-2829. All right. Well, we're going to have a great time and a great show. I think we ought to play a song for our friends out there on the road. And this is a song by our good friend, James Payne. Well, I didn't go to church. I never been to Sunday school. I was raised in a barroom. Cut my teeth on a hundred proof I was a member of Beer Drinkers Association Till one night at closing time Got a barroom education The bartender was my preacher The bar stool was my pew He said, boy, you won't find the answer in the bottom of that booth He wasn't holding a Bible He had a revelation He took my hand and he prayed me through To a honky-tonk salvation
neon cross Last call for soldiers given For everyone that's lost Behind swinging doors There's some good old boys That make up the congregation The bar is now a church Where I found honky-tonk salvation The bartender was my preacher The bar stool was my pew He said, boy, you won't find the answer In the bottom of that boot He wasn't holding a Bible But he had a revelation He took my hand and he prayed me through To a honky-tonk salvation He took my hand and he prayed me through To a honky-tonk salvation Give the Lord a hand. Woo! God is good, isn't he? He is good all the time, all the time. All right. I'll tell you what, I, I, a couple weeks ago, I was praying about what God wanted me to, the message for tonight, and he gave me what I thought was God speaking to me, a message, and uh, it's called uh, Touched by the Spirit. And... Uh, I got to thinking about that, and then on the way up here, I thought, well, maybe, I'm, maybe I don't want to preach that either. So, but then that first night, uh, Trey was here, and he got to speaking, and he talking about the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then Glenn was talking about the Holy yeah. Spirit. And so that was just confirmation. And the first song, what, what was the first song we sang? About the Holy Spirit. It's all about the Holy Spirit. So that's the message tonight. It's, uh, your, the scripture will be in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. I want to start there, and uh, we'll read that scripture, and then we'll go on from there. But, uh, you know, uh, the Illinois Baptist Association, according to the Illinois Baptist Association, there's 13 million people in the state of Illinois. 13 million. And out of those 13 million, 8 million are lost. That's a lot of lost people. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But the good news about that is, that means there's 5 million of us that are saved and on fire for the Lord, or should be, should be. Guess what? If, if 5 million people in the state of Illinois, if each one of us won one person to the Lord, we'd have what? 10 million saved Christians in the state of Illinois. And if those uh, 5 million that won one, if they won one, the ones that they won would win one, we'd have the whole state of Illinois saved. And all it takes is us. Us working together, working, witnessing, doing what we are called to do. I know, I remember uh, when I first got saved, I got saved in 1995. In a little Baptist church, 10 Post Oak Missionary Baptist Church, there was a man preaching there by the name of Russ Beatles. Anybody know Russ Beatles? Yep. Yeah, you know Russ, okay. Russ Beatles used to preach all the time. And uh, I remember one message that he preached that just really got my heart. He talked about, it was in Matthew chapter 13, I believe, and he talked about uh, the sower went out and sowed the seed. And some fell by the wayside. Some fell on stony places. And some fell among the thorns. But some seed fell on good ground and brought forth fruit. Amen. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. And then I remember Russ saying, You get to choose. You're the ground. You are that ground. Which, which ground are you going to be? It's your choice. And I thought, well, that's a no-brainer. I want to be the good ground. <laughs> so if I get to choose, Lord, make me good ground. Amen. And you know what? I prayed that all the time. And I asked God to use me. To use me to be a witness to everybody that I come in contact with 
And you know what? He's done it. He will do it if we ask. He will make us good ground if we ask. But it's up to us. It's our choice. It's our choice. And uh, I love this scripture here in uh, Acts chapter 4, verse uh, 13. Man, I love this scripture. It talks about, uh, well, these uh, two uh, ordinary men, unlearned and ignorant men. I liked ordinary better because I kind of classify myself in there. Like maybe a couple truck drivers. But actually these guys, what were they? They were fishermen. They were just fishermen. They were ordinary men. Peter and John. Let's read this scripture. Acts 4.13 Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. Now the, the NIV I think calls them ordinary men. That's, I, I kind of like the ordinary part because I want to be considered ordinary. I, don't want, I know I'm unlearned, I'm ignorant when it comes to uh, a lot of things. But I tell you what, God wants to use the ordinary. He wants to use the unlearned, the ignorant. He wants to use people like me. Roy Keith, Pastor Rodney, Glenn, Jeff. He wants to use us to be a witness. So the, when they saw that these ordinary men, they marveled. They were amazed. This is the, this is the religious people that were seeing these guys. And they realized, and here's the best part, they realized they had been with Jesus. When's the, last, when's the last time somebody saw you in Walmart or out on the road or running up I-39 or wherever and they knew that you had been with Jesus? They knew that you was a Christian. They took one look at you and they saw, hey, there's something different about these people. That's what I want. I want to be, I want to be different. And we can do that if we choose to be. It's our choice. It's our choice. So let's figure out what, the, what happened to this, these two ordinary men. If we do that, we need to go back. And uh, let's start in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Uh, let's just start with verse 1. The former account I made. This is uh, uh, Luke talking to Theo, Theolopos. Theo, Theo, whatever that guy's name. Ted. <laughs> we'll call him Ted. Some of these names really get me because I am unlearned and I'm ignorant when it comes to reading some of these names. But God wants to use me anyway. He really does. And he wants to use each and every one of us. So, they was uh, the former account I made, O Theolopolis, of all that Jesus began to both do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. He had chosen. God wants, God chooses. You know, he chose me. He chose you too. If you're saved, he chose you. And if you're not saved, he's still choosing you. He wants to save you today. Yeah. This is cool stuff, man, if you just get into it. To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of these things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He, was, he walked with them. He talked with them for 40 days after he was crucified. That's right. That's right. Wow. And then, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the promise, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Wow. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the time or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But 
You shall receive power. You shall receive power. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now I got a Southern Illinois spin for that little verse right there, verse 8. I just love using this. But you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Flora, right here, and in all of Illinois, and all across America and to the ends of the earth. That's what God wants for us. He wants us to be witnesses for Him. And He has given us the power to do that. If we will just step out and say, Here am I, Lord. Use me. You get to choose tonight what ground are you going to be? What ground are you going to be? Oh, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this night. And Lord, I pray that you just bless this service. Lord, you've already blessed me by the music and, and the people that's excited to be in your house, Lord. I just pray that this night you will set on fire all this congregation, Lord, for your glory. And Father, bless them so that they can be a witness everywhere they go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God wants to give us that power to do what? Be witnesses. To preach. We can go out and be witnesses to whosoever. Just like truck drivers driving down the road talking about Jesus and sharing the gospel. Together we can make a difference. If we just win one, if we do our part and everybody else wins one, like, I'm, like I said... We can make a difference. We can, we can change right. that board right over there. We can fill this house. Right. We can change this town right here. And then we change the state. And then we change the country. Right. We can do this. Amen. But it takes all of us working together. That's right. If That's we right. will just work together, we can, we can make a difference right here in our own home. And you know where it starts at? It starts in our homes. Yeah. It does. We've got to change our homes we got to bring God back into our homes. And when we get Him back in our homes, then, you know, you got to clean up your own backyard before you start worrying about somebody else's backyard. And all you got to do is, is start putting Him first in everything that you do. And it will, it will ripple across not only this area, but across this country. you got to get Him in your heart. And when you do that, man, He wants to give you power. Power, power to be a witness. You know, he'll give you power to uh, read this word. Yes, right. You can carry this thing underneath your arm all you want, and it ain't gonna, it ain't gonna sink in. Come on. You can put it, you can wear it on top of your head, and it ain't gonna sink in. You gotta open this book, and you gotta read his word. God gives you that power to do that if you will just ask him and say, Lord, teach me. Teach me what you want me to know. And he will do it. Start reading this word. Start praying. And watch your home change. The Holy Spirit gives us power to keep our marriage strong. How many people's got a, got a marriage that could use some work? You don't have to raise your hand. I know you all do. <laughs> we all do, don't we? Yeah, but guess what? God wants us to, He wants our marriages to be strong. And if we will pray together, pray together. Man, I tell you that, there is power in prayer. If we will just pray together at home, at home, before we start our day. At home, when we end our day. You know, I talk, I talk, talk to truck drivers all the time, Roy. And uh, I tell these truck drivers, I said, you know, you, what you need to do is you need to do a pre-trip and a post-trip with your Bible. Yeah! Truck drivers have to do pre-trips and post-trips. Why not do it with your Bible? Read your Bible every morning before you take off in that semi. Pray and talk to God and ask Him to bless your trip, bless your miles, 
and bless your travel. Keep you safe out there on the highway. And then ask him to teach you something out of his word. And let it apply into your life. And then at the end of the day, post trip. Same thing. Read your Bible. Read a couple. You know, if you read two chapters a day, in a little over a year, you'd have the whole Bible read. Ain't that amazing? Two chapters a day. Who, could, who can't read two chapters a day? Anybody? Yeah, we can all do that. If we will just do it. Just do it. So, how do we do this? Let's read, uh, let's read on a little ways in, in uh, Acts. In chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. You know, if churches would all get in one accord, they could change a community. Amen. If they wasn't fussing and fighting over carpet and, and pews and seats and chairs and whatever. I mean, there's all kinds of things to music. That's always a good one to fight about. But if they would just get in one accord and, right. and think about, you know, church, it was built. It's amazing what church is all about. It's not for the people that's here. It's for the people that ain't here. That's right. And it's, it's up to us to go out and witness to them and tell them about Jesus. It's a hospital for the sick. It's a hospital for the sick. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. That's awesome. It is. This, you know, a church is actually an oasis in the desert. Man, this floor is a desert. It's a cesspool desert. It's not just Florida. It's any town in America. They're all, I mean, this is one of the good places, really. Or not. <laughs> I don't live here. <laughs> I don't want to run down the town, but I'm talking about America. The towns in America. They are all sick. And they need help. And we, the church, can be that oasis in the desert to help those that are sick, those that are hurting, those that... Yeah, and we can do it. So all we got to do is get all in one place and all in accord. And when that happens, God shows up, doesn't he? Amen. That's what happened here in, in uh, chapter 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Man, I tell you, when, when God comes in the house... You was talking about it. You felt the Holy Spirit in this house Amen. when you walk in the door. I felt the Holy Spirit when I, the Wednesday night when I walked in the door. That's the places we got to get. We got to get where the Holy Spirit is working and let Him Amen. over us. Yeah. And then, then you know, you know what it's for when when God breathes that Holy Spirit in us. It's not for you. It's so that you can go out and on somebody else. It's always, always about others. It's not about us. It's about others. Others, yes, others. Let this my motto be. Help me to live for others so that I might live for thee. Amen. Amen. That's, that's what it's got to be all about. When we make it about others, God will bless us beyond anything that we could ever hope, dream, or imagine. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were all filled. You know what all means in the Bible? It means all. All means all, and that's all it means. Right? Yeah. God wants to fill all of us up. With the Holy, it's not just for a select few; it's for all of us. If we ask, if we say, "Here, my Lord, fill me up, use me, send me out," I want to. I want to witness to my family. Amen. I want to witness to my friends, my neighbors. There's people in Walmart that are lost. Can you believe that? Yeah, there's people in our school systems that are lost. There might even be a teacher or two that is lost. But if we send the gospel. If we send the gospel to them, there's no telling what God can do. He wants to use each and every one of us. 
He, right. he does. He does. It's amazing. He wants to use us ordinary truck drivers, us ordinary fishermen, us ordinary, you fill in the blank there, whatever. God wants to use you to reach somebody. That's right. If we could all just reach one, and they reached one, and then they reached one. Man, I tell you, you talk about a domino and a pyramid, that's, that's God invented the pyramid yeah. system. You know, uh, <laughs> and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You know, uh, uh, my pastor Mark, he, he used to tell a story about uh, uh, his father-in-law. Bob Miller was his name. And uh, Bob used to, or somebody would ask Bob, he said, do I have to speak in tongues if I get filled with the Holy Spirit? He said, no, you don't have to. You get to. <laughs> it's a gift. It's all for you. You don't have to, but you get to. It's a, it's a gift. It is. It's a gift. So, you don't have to. But boy, I'll tell you, if you don't, you're missing out. I like this. Uh, chapters 1 through 4 on this Acts. I just love these scriptures in here. You know, uh, when Peter and they all got filled with the Holy Ghost, and what Peter do? He preached the gospel. He preached. God gave him a power, a boldness to preach. And when he preached, what happened? They did. 3,000 people were saved. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that, and that about 3,000 souls were added to them. See, that's what we got to do. If we will get out and witness, we can add to the church daily. And it also says they were there daily. We need to be in God's presence daily. Amen. A, a once a week Christian makes for a weak Christian. But if we will take up our cross daily and follow him, we can be mighty men of valor for, for God. That's right. Amen. That's right. And so, now all who believed to get were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as one had need. Now that's unity there. Wouldn't that be something that if a church got a hold of unity like that and made a difference in a community so they continued daily with one accord now Peter and John went up together this is where this is where they got in trouble they went up together to the temple of our of prayer the ninth hour and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of temple which is called beautiful to ask alms. From those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive. He was expecting to receive what? Money. I'll tell you what, if we come into these church doors, expecting to receive God is going to pour something out on us every every time if we come in expecting to receive God wants to pour something out on us then Peter said silver and gold I do not have but what I do I give you in the name of Jesus Christ rise up and walk and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength so he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. This guy had been lame, crippled for 38 years. 38 years. And he expected to receive. He got a whole lot more than he expected. Amen. You know, with God, we can get a whole lot more than we expect. That's right. You know, I, I, I asked God to use me just to make a difference. And I got a whole lot more than I expected. I mean, we've sent out tapes and CDs uh, for the last 17, 18 years. 
We sent out over close to two million of them. I would have never, ever dreamed of anything that huge. But with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. There's nothing too hard for God. God can take somebody, an old dumb truck driver like me, and turn him into a man of God that reaches hundreds, thousands. I, we, I get calls every single day from truck drivers out on the road. I got a call this week from uh, Quentin Denny. He said he listened to one of our CDs. And he said, I, I thought I was saved. But after listening to those CDs, he said, I, I figured out I wasn't even saved. He said, man, he said, I started praying and asking Jesus in my heart. And he said, it was just like a wave came over me. I know what that wave was. Anybody else know what that wave was? That's a wave of the Holy Spirit Amen. filling him up, overflowing. You know, I, I got a call from a Tina, Tina uh, Ramey the other day, and she asked me this question, and I've heard this question I don't know how many times. She said, when will I quit crying? I said, pray that you don't. Don't. I said, she said, well, how come I just keep crying? I said, you're just so full of the Holy Spirit, you're not crying, you're leaking. You get this full and it just comes out your eyeballs. That's what you're doing. You're full of the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't quit. Just stay that way. And God will use you every time you open your mouth. Somebody's going to be blessed because you are so full of the Holy Spirit. You're splashing out. I remember uh, when I first got saved, we had a group uh, come to sing at Ten Post Oak called the Prodigal Sons. Anybody ever heard the Prodigal Sons? But they came and they sang. And when they walked in the church, I could see that anointing all over them. I mean, they were so anointed. You, ever, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm talking about. They were so full of the Holy Spirit. You know what I did? I went like this. I wanted to get as close to them as I could. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I wanted that on me. Yeah. I want that on me. I want that Holy Spirit to splash out. You know, when we go to Walmart, we ought to be going like this. Splish, splash, splish, splash. Everybody in that place ought to know that we are Christians. We are born again. We are full of Jesus. That's right. We are. Yeah. You know, the, one of the best things you can do in Walmart, because you're going to be standing in line for quite a while, let's face it. Yeah. The best thing you can do in Walmart is, is talk to the person right beside of you and just ask them a simple question. You know, I'm a Christian. Is there anything that you need prayer about? Boy, I'll tell you, they will open up. They will open up, and then you can just see it, a wave through Walmart. People, eyes turning and listening to what you're saying, listening to you take their hand and pray for them. It don't have to be an allowed. It don't have to be um, long. It just has to be from right here. Sow that seed. Sow that seed. If we will just plant a seed, sow the seed, everywhere we go, we can make a difference. We can make a difference. The Holy Spirit gives us power. Just like right here. They had the power to heal. I was, I had this, I don't know, some kind of sciatic nerve or something shooting down. I had this pain shooting down from, from all the way here, all the way down to my toes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I had that. And I was taking pain pills just to go to bed and sleep at night. It was terrible. It hurt. And I crying out to God. <laughs> I don't understand. Hey, God, I, I need this leg to get me up and down, you know, so I can do your work. That's right. Yeah. And uh, there's a guy preaching on TV one night. This guy had tattoos all over him. I didn't like him, didn't even want to watch him, but, but my boss, he called me and he says, told me I, I need to watch this guy. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll watch him. I started watching this guy. He's preaching, talking about healing. And he said, there's somebody watching right now that's got a pain right here running all the way down their leg and I said well that's me <laughs> I'm sitting on my couch probably had my pajamas on I don't know and I said that's got to be me 
And he said, if you'll take your hand and put it right where it hurts, he said, I'm going to pray for you and God's going to touch you and heal you. And I said, all right, I'm ready. So I did. I took my hand right there and I placed it right there. And this guy prayed and I didn't feel nothing. I didn't feel nothing. You know, people talk about heat going through your body and all. That wasn't nothing. Nothing. And uh, pretty soon I got up and I started to limp. But I thought, wait a minute, it's not hurting. <laughs> it don't hurt. My, my leg don't hurt no more. I thought, whoa, hey, something happened here. Hey, God done healed me. I thought, whoa, <laughs> I, I was going like this, man. It don't hurt. I went in, my wife was in bed. She thought I'd lost my mind. I went in there and I laid down beside my bed and I said, look at here, look at here, look at here. I said, I was running up and down the stairs. God touched me and healed me. Amen. You know, God, can, God is a healer. He is. He is. Yeah. And then not long after that, my wife got diagnosed with cancer in 2013. And we started praying. And we asked people to pray with us. I put it in my newsletter. And we had the whole country praying for her. Isn't that awesome? It is awesome. awesome. And uh, we went to the doctor, and uh, she was going to have to have surgery. And uh, the doctor said, uh, when she took when she took the tumor out, she said, "That's the ugliest looking tumor I ever seen." She said, "I'm 99.9 percent .9 sure that's cancer." He said, she said, we'll, they'd already been told us, they'd already took a biopsy and said it was cancer. But she said, we'll send that off. They sent it off. About a month later or weeks later, we was in their office and the doctor came in and she came in a dancing. Probably not like that, but <laughs> she probably danced better than me. But she came in a dancing and she, we said, what's... What's, you got it all or what? And she said, no, no. She said, there's no cancer at all in that tumor. She said, that's the worst looking tumor I've ever seen, but there was no cancer in there. You are cancer free. God touched her and healed her. That's right. Amen. Amen. God is a healer. He, he gives us the power to use if we'll just use it. And sometimes it's just prayer. My wife... Uh, you know, there's, God gives us power to pray, to pray. There's power in prayer. My wife in 1988 called the 700 Club on me and asked for prayer. I was a drug addict. I was an alcoholic. I was a, out on the road. Our marriage was falling apart. And she called the 700 Club and had them pray for me. And right after that, I didn't even know she called them. She never did tell me. Right after that, I was driving out across West Texas, and I threw $400 worth of dope out the window in the desert. And I got off that dope. But when I got off the dope, I, I still had this void in my heart. I didn't have Jesus. So I replaced that void with, with alcohol. And I just became a bigger alcoholic than I ever was and it just kept going but in 1995 my wife started going to a little church like this and she asked the church to pray for me and it wasn't long I walked through them doors got in church Russell Beatles started preaching talking about this man called Jesus and I got saved not long after that power of prayer. God wants to touch each and every one of us with His power, with His Holy Spirit, Amen. if we will allow Him to. He does. Here's what I want, here's what I want, you, to, want you to know. God has a ministry for each and every one of us. God wants to make a difference right here in this community, right here in this church, but it's, we got to say yes. I, here am I. Send me. We got it, the funnel. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up with your Holy Spirit and use me. God has a ministry for each and every one of us. I don't know what your ministry is, but 
some of you may already know. God may have already spoke it to you. You know, mine is a CD ministry. Yours may be a gospel track. Yours may be a, a pie ministry. Man, what a ministry that is. I love pie. <laughs> Anybody know how to bake a pie? Oh, buddy. How about cookies? A cookie ministry. Man, I'll tell you what, if you bake, some, you bake a, cook, a batch of cookies, and, and if they're good, you bake a good batch of cookies, and you take them to your neighbor, and you just say, you know, God just told me to bake you some cookies, and he just wants you to know he loves you. And you don't have to do anything else. They're going to think about that for a long time while they eat them cookies, or a pie, or a cake, or a roast. Whatever it is, you've got food ministry down here. Use that food ministry to reach people. I know you already are, but find new ways, new ways to do it. I heard a story about a guy that uh, he was deaf and mute, and it, but he had, a, he had a gospel track ministry. He would take a gospel track and hand it to somebody, and he would... And they'd look at him and say, what, what do you want me to do with that? And they say, you want me to read it to you? And say, mm, read it. And they would stand there and read the gospel tract to this deaf and mute guy. And he would, he would get these people to read the gospel tract to him. What a ministry. What a way to reach somebody. You, re you realize how many people were affected by just reading a gospel tract? Yeah! You could, there's all kinds of ministries. What's your ministry? What is God wanting to do with you? Writing letters. Man, I'll tell you, when my wife had cancer, when she was sick, and I put it in the newsletter, people sent her cards. It was unbelievable how many cards she got. She, she, she wanted me to go to the post office every day and get her cards. It just blessed her heart. You know, we can be a blessing to so many people if we will just do it. Amen. Just do it. Just do what he says. Just do what he says. God's speaking to somebody tonight. What's he speaking to you? I was reading my Bible one day. You ever read your Bible and, and uh, something just jump off the page at you? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what I'm talking about. I was reading my Bible one day. Romans 8.28. A lot of you can probably quote it by heart. And we know that all things... What does all mean in the Bible? All. All means all, and that's all it means. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. The call. That word the jumped right off the page at me. One little word jumped off the page. The. And I thought, wow. Let me read that again. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God spoke to me right then. He said, that is you. You are the called. You're the one. I'm calling you to do something for me. First thing we do is what? Think, who, me? <laughs> you talking to me, God? Who am I? I'm a truck driver. Man, I'm unlearned and ignorant. I don't know nothing. God said, I can teach you. Pick up this word. Start reading it. Don't carry it. Read it. And I'll teach you. And I'll show you what you can do. You are the call. You are the call. God has something special for each and every one of them. Something unique, like a cookie ministry or a pie ministry or gospel tracts. Or you, you fill in the blanks. But most of the time, whatever it is, is something that we, we don't think we can do. What do we have to do? We have to get out of the boat. We have to get out of our comfort zone. We have to get someplace where we can't do it. And then God will say, now watch me use you. Yeah, and He will do it. That's right. He will do it through us. Yeah. 
We are the called. He has a plan for each and every one of us who call out to him and say, Here am I, Lord. I want to be used. Send me. The Bible says he knew us and formed us in our mother's womb. He chose us to become like his son. You know what Christian means? It means Christ-like. He chose us to be like Jesus. Right. We are. Right. We can be like Jesus. Yes, right. Yeah, we can. But we've got to get out of the boat. We've got to get out of our comfort zone. We've got we to put some work into this. That's right. We have to show up every Sunday. We have to be ready to teach. We have to be ready to preach. We have Amen. to be ready to witness. We have to be ready to bake some cookies. That's or a right. pie. That's right. Or whatever it takes to reach our neighbors. That's right. We can do this. Yes, we can. He chose us. He's choosing each one of you tonight. All you have to do is decide which ground do you want to be. Do you want to be that good ground that brings a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold? Or are we going to be on that stony path or that in the thorns where it chokes us out? Where the cares of the world choke us until we can't do nothing. All we can do is show up and sit on our blessed assurance and do nothing. We don't want to be that kind of Christian person. We want to be some, something, somebody that God wants to use. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. There, I got more. But I'm going to close with this right here. All right. This is, uh, I got this from my mentor. How many people has got a mentor? If you don't got one, get one. You need one. You need somebody to keep you accountable for what you're doing for God. We all need mentors. I had a mentor. He just passed away recently. His name was Ray Sisk. And he used to send me stuff all the time. And he sent me this right here. And I, it's great. And I love it. And this is who I want to be. I'm still striving to be this kind of Christian person. You know, God has an army. He has an army. And we, are, we need to enlist in his army. Amen. Amen. I am a soldier in the army of God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the word are my weapons of warfare. I am a volunteer in this army and I am enlisted for eternity. I will either retire in this army at the rapture or die in this army, but I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. If my God needs me, I am there. If he needs me to teach the children, work with the youth, help adults, or just sit and learn, he can use me because I am there. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. I am a soldier. I am not a wimp. I am in place saluting my king, obeying his orders, praising his name, and building his kingdom. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, cards, food, candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I cannot have my feelings hurt bad enough to turn me around. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. When Jesus called me into this army, I had nothing. If I end up with nothing, I will still come out ahead. I will win. My God has and will continue to supply all my needs. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier marching heaven bound. Here I stand. Will you stand with me? So, what you going to do with this man called Jesus that lives in your heart? This Holy Spirit that lives in your heart? Today, you get to make a choice. What ground are you going to be? Are you fertile ground? Are you good ground? Are you making a difference? Is God speaking to somebody here tonight about a ministry?
or about their relationship with Him. Maybe it's cold. Maybe you need to get up here tonight. You know, I, I uh, every CD that I put out, I try to put a sinner's prayer on them CDs. And I am amazed at the people that call me and tell me that they pray that prayer. And a lot of them say, I'm saved, I just pray it anyway. It helps me every time I pray it, it strengthens me. saint and the sinner, the losers and winners, sometimes the rain's gonna fall. On the bad and the good and the misunderstood, storms will come to us all. I found the answer from heartache to cancer, thank God in spite of the pain. Cause when I start praising Things began changing by learning to dance in the rain. I'm learning to smile when I feel like crying. To live every day as if I were dying. I'm learning the lesson of praising God through the pain. I'm learning to stand when my heart is breaking. To hold to the cross when my hands are shaking. Lord, through it all, learning to dance in the rain. When the clouds start together, bring in bad weather, there's no silver line in sight. Prayers have been prayed. But the answer's delayed And you're holding on for dear life Whether you walk on water Or if you falter He'll be there when you call His name You'll get the victory And you'll solve the mystery By learning to dance in the rain I'm learning to smile When I feel like crying to live every day as if I were dying I'm learning the lesson praising God through the pain I'm learning to stand when my heart is breaking to hold to the cross when my hands are shaking Lord through it all learning to dance in the rain Learning to dance, learning to dance in the rain. And we don't like to close any program without offering you the chance to give God your heart. So pray with me right now, just a simple little prayer. Pray, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I surrender all to you. I want to give you my heart right now, Lord, and then I want you to mold me into the person that you want me to be. Help me to live for you from this day forward, in Jesus' name, amen. Roads of life lost without hope. Eighteen wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track the preacher had read, his words still echoing in the back of my head. I felt so ashamed. When I thought of my past Then I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees 
with Jesus at the foot of the cross. Brokenhearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. Rolling down that old lonesome road, and I shared the good news wherever I go. Yes, there's been a change. I'm not the man I used to be, and I tell everybody what's happened to me. How I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. But I called his name. This chance could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree, and I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross. Brokenhearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree. I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus. Foot of the cross, brokenhearted and lonesome. So long I'd been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. to hear from you my phone number is 618-383-2107 or you can call chaplain dennis mckay 662-889-2829 and we're looking forward to riding along with you next week right here in the cab been driving all night, got 400 miles to go. Got the pedal to the metal and Vince Gill on the radio. I just went through Texarkana, heading down to San Antonio. But that's the life of a trucker driving this lonesome road. Well, my backside's sore and this old truck is sure is slow. I can hear temptation calling on the CB radio. She promised me good loving and she'll surely get me stoned. Well, that's the life of a trucker driving is a lonesome road. I said, drive, trucker, drive. You better run for your life. She's a devil in disguise and she's gonna ruin your life. Can't be the money that keeps me on the run. I is that wide line fever that keeps me on the road. Well, I could probably get lucky down around San Antonio. Dead long star, honey, that would like to call this rigor on. Ah, but you know that kind of loving, it will only wreck your home. 
life of a trucker driving this lonesome road. Yeah, I said drive, trucker drive, you better run for your life. She's a devil in disguise and she's gonna ruin your life. Well, it can't be the money that keeps me on the run. It's that white line fever that keeps me on the road. Drive, trucker, drive You better run for your life She's a devil in disguise And she's gonna run your life Can't be the money that keeps me on the run It's that white line fever that keeps me on the road Breaker 1-9. How's that looking over your shoulder there, buddy? Come on back. Anybody got your ears on out there? Man, it's lonesome down. 